your host, Lev Polyakov, coming at you all the way live today, talking about the legacy of Chris Chan with Gino Samuel. Joining us is the wonderful Rose of Dawn and bad Billy Pratt. As always, Giovanni Penicchietti with the Fez, rocking the Fez. Gio, very uh, big uh, Christorian for a long time. And uh, again, I'm just very grateful for wonderful people to come together and talk, and especially when it comes to internet culture. Chris Chan, I really do believe that there is a metaphorical dimensional merge happening when people get together like they do on the internet and uh, cross all these different boundaries. So anyway, the first thing that I wanted to ask uh, to uh, Gino is, you are an amazing documentarian. You're working on a new Antarctica documentary. You are a brilliant musician. I am very addicted to listening to your songs. Why Chris Chan? How did that whole thing start? Well, I first discovered Christian, I guess, around 2011, when I was exploring B over on 4chan, because it was a, it was a, it was a, apparently a dark place on the internet, and I was interested in finding out what's all the huff about. So uh, that's where people were posting about Christian, saying if he was legit or not. I really didn't understand at that time. Uh, I thought it was just like some sort of um, troll himself who like who liked to play games and win a lot. I really didn't know anything but so then I went to YouTube and I found his 25th birthday video and and I found myself relating with him a lot back back in the day which was really interesting and beyond that I started exploring all of his other videos and the fascination grew up to a point and then then it faded and then it went again and then it faded again and then around 2017 I got interested again I was binging all of Chris Chan's videos for a long time, and I wanted to have some sort of video series, some some sort of video catalog, some sort of video source that was kind of like the quickie, the the Christian Wikipedia, just in more in video form and in a more neutral sense, without all the without all the um, insulting, I guess that's that's happening on the quickie. So since that didn't exist, I decided to make it myself, basically. Uh, it just it just came about because I wanted it to exist, and no one had it made yet. So mm. I made it myself. <laughs> That's where it started. And uh, we have several questions here, which I'm thankful that uh, Billy Pratt wrote. And I'm sure one of these Billy would like to ask as well. And I'm sure Rose has a lot to say. So I don't even want to speak. I want Billy and Rose to speak. But also just making sure, Gino, can you tap your mic? Because maybe it is not the mic that's currently uh, has the sound coming through. I don't know. There we go. I knew it. I knew something yeah. was wrong. I knew that that mic looked I too damn professional. It I looked too professional. Thing. So while Gino is figuring out the mic situation, I want to ask everybody to subscribe, add a like for the sake of the algorithm. It always helps, and it is always appreciated. So well, it's on... fascinating. Uh... I'm back. There, there we, we go. go. I'm back. Oh, oh that is so smooth. That's the voice. All right. That's the there one. There we go. Especially, especially when Gino hits the highs of like when Chris Chan is really like ranting. But um, we, before the stream, we were discussing the, the pronoun thing, and mm. I think um, as much as I have uh, absolutely no respect for CWC, <laughs> that goes without saying. I mean, I've gotten heat in the street before, but I think mm -hmm. what you're doing with um, respecting the pronouns and transitioning it as the series goes along, oh, that's not a pun. I mean, like your transition um, closer, closer to the mic. 
Oh yeah, when you're transitioning into like the the different modes of Chris's story, Chris Christine's story, I think that what you're trying to do, if I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you are trying to sort of view it from the perspective of CWC rather than a lot of other documentaries where it's like, look at the freak show. I mean, inevitably, mm-hmm. there's always the question of exploitation in any yeah. documentary film. But is that how are you approaching? Are you sort of narrativizing Chris, Christine, Chris's story? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, to a to a sense, it's more like giving Christine a voice in a sense rather than uh, giving my, my own opinion. Um, but yeah, mostly I'm just kind of trying to stick to, to what's legally true, you know, because like there is, there is apparently documentation that, you know, Christine is, is a female on her driver's license. And when she goes to court for like new, new offenses, she's referred as a female. Her name is Christine. Her, she legally changed her name to Christine. So if I call her anything else, it would be factually wrong. And, you know, the name of the name of the game of the comprehensive history is, try to tell the truth to the best of my abilities yeah mm. and uh, now, one of the oh go on rose now i i can i can kind of understand where you're coming from with mm. with things like that mm-hmm. uh for for myself though i i did a a video on on chris myself is actually inspired by your series um you. where i looked at chris's transition and whether or not i thought that like Chris is genuinely a trans woman, or because like, I get that, that he's he's had documents that are within female name. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted that he's currently in a male. Uh, well, he was in a male jail. Now he's you know stuck in this um, kind of like America's mental health system. Mm. Um, mm. But he was in he was in jail at least as a male because he hadn't had gender reassignment surgery, even though he's attempted to give it to himself. Um, I what I found to be kind of problematic from a lot of people, especially when it came out that he had uh, raped his mother or allegedly raped his mm-hmm. mother. Oh, for YouTube, uh, let's avoid. Uh, the, yeah. Let's say RP. Let's that's a let's okay. Let's just say no, let's just say the the, the, the the RP the incident. violated. Yes, the incident. Yeah. So what after we've seen things like not just like the incident, but other things in years prior where using the wrong pronouns is kind of considered to be like the ultimate crime and the ultimate like insult to Chris. When I think that he is someone who is had a lot of, has had a very difficult upbringing. I don't think mm-hmm. he's had particularly yes. good parents. I think they've been incredibly neglectful of all of his problems. Um, he's known to have very, you know, very severe autism. And that is, there is an arguable connection between uh, like, extreme autism or, or just autism in general and people coming out and identifying as trans and um, i also saw that there there could potentially have been um people who might have kind of convinced him that this might have been a good idea uh, for him to transition and i think that his massive obsession with trying to get a boyfriend free girl is probably one of the things that kind of I think he's more like deluded himself into that situation. I just find it very strange that of everything that he, you know, he says that he is like, you know, he's a CPU goddess, he's Jesus Christ, he's the literal father slash mother of Sarnitu. But when he says he's a woman, that's the literal thing that we we have to, you know, take but into I, I account. Think that, I think that the inner world of CWC is quite. Um, there's obviously a lot of derooting there when it came to 
the sexuality of CWC. I've yes. left a, a number of comments actually on the comprehensive history about the sort of uh, nature where you can, and, and as Gino, like, like you, you're a master of picking out things by the way that other, that even me who is like around the same time as you studied CWC, there's some stuff that nobody could ever remember. Right. <laughs> Unless you're going on, on the son, on the CC Sonic website every day. But as you can see, there's, little cracks here and there and especially in relation to barb which is interesting mm, which yeah. forms a very malfeasant sort of i would even say deviant sexuality within cwc in terms of the confusion in terms of the relation to the purity that comes with a quote-unquote boyfriend free girl 18 and above the sort of um explicit i would say i i mentioned this once the sort of explicit um clinicization of sexuality in the sense that a lot, and a lot of autistic people have this sort of like connection to high school and, and, and the sort of the, the sort of institutionalization of school where CWC wanted this like sort of what do you call it? Um, she, her um, sex class where the teacher <laughs> instructs dating class, dating class, dating class, where it's essentially um, a broachment of privacy and, and sexuality for the purpose of this sort of very. Uh, authoritative institutional approach to sexuality that would benefit someone like him, like uh, CWC. But I want I want to hear your thoughts, but I also want to hear Billy's thoughts because Billy um, has done extensive work um, from another perspective on on these topics of sexuality. But uh, mm -hmm. well, for yeah. for one, I don't know if this is a common opinion, but I think that Chris. Um, did a little better as Christine. And I kind of, mm, um, I feel like that could have been a, 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 as happy an ending as Chris is going to get. Um, there was a period where he was, and I'm sure Gino is much more familiar with this. He was going out to the community of trans and he was mm -hmm. kind of going to clubs and he was dancing and meeting people. And I think he was more comfortable in that persona of Christine for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could blame the trolls for, yeah, him hating Chris, him hating classic Chris, but even hating, hating the world of men in general is a very mm. strict, mm. like a very well. We can get into that, but yeah, I want to you know mm. out of the floor, but Billy fin finish and then yeah. Okay. So I mean, I think that that could have been a happy ending for him, but it's just um, interesting how he kind of fell off from attending those kind of like uh, niche um, trans things, trans events, and mm. I, I'm not quite sure why that happened because it seemed like his. Life was going in a positive direction at that point. Yeah, Wasn't it around the time the idea guy started to get involved when he really mm. started to kind of oh. go downhill, though? Yeah. Well, uh, that was well, about like maybe four or five years before. Hmm. Well, Gina, yeah. what would you attribute to uh, Chris Chan not going to these clubs anymore? And why is it that this place where there was this uh, certain amount of comfort that didn't exist before, why was this eventually not something that ended up grounding Chris? I'm pretty sure that like Marvin of the Kiwi Farms talked about it. Like basically, just Chris Falaf. He uh, she got other interests. Like for example, uh, going to the End Games card game store and uh, mm. playing playing Pokemon over over the weekends. I mean, she did socialize a lot. Um, just like whatever's on the quickie, it's like maybe forty percent, even if if that of the entire truth or life about Chris Christine. I mean, sometimes you don't know what she's up to and she she used to socialize a lot just she, she went to the clubs for a little bit and then she went to the pokemon 
uh, game game store or whatever and then she went to the cinema with her friends as well she she did, she did manage to make some friends herself she socialized to a to a point yeah but sometimes not everything is covered in the quickie hmm. there was a, a recent episode that i watched and i'm still uh, well i'm more than halfway through with the mm -hmm. uh, documentary and first of all is the documentary still going yeah so okay, it's so not going to be. It's going to be a, a news report instead of. A <laughs> so I'm up to uh, I'm up to the part where uh, uh, Chris was making a Facebook post about an incensed incident that occurred, and there was some uh, excusing of this, saying that it's natural for these feelings, you know, to be had, and I know that mm -hmm. it's uncommon. So have you noticed even before that though? certain signs that uh, this uh, horrible thing was going to transpire. <laughs> Everyone joked about it back then. No one no one thought it would ever happen. Like back in 2009 or 10 or so, uh, Chris was having some trouble with his own ad site and like his, uh, his, his own Sonichu site and trolls making fake ads. And during one... One fake ad, someone made an illustration, which was a parody of, of Chris's drawing. She came for quick in which, which depicts Chris um, oh, that one. having fun with, with his former friend. And mm -hmm. uh, they replaced the former friend with Chris's mother. And um, Chris was very critical of all the ads that were up on his website at that time, except that one. He never mentioned it. I, I don't know what to make of it. Oh wow! I didn't know that. I think the the video from, correct me if I'm wrong, it was 2012 or 2013, where mm -hmm. uh, it's called. Um, it was only a, a short clip. You're always so pretty, where yeah. him and Barb are eating, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of people point to that and also point to, an. I think it was from a recent episode of Comprehensive History. Where when Chris was Chris, not Christine, uh, mm -hmm. there was also another post that alluded to uh, sort of un unnatural, if not downright creepy sort of fixations with Barb's appearance. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that to me, I think that it's not uh, Lushbaum in the book Warhol, Chris Chan goes into this a bit, the sort of edipalization of Chris. But in my opinion, I think it's more of not as I, I think. But my theory cell take is that it's more of this feeling of wanting a a wholeness within mm -hmm. CWC rather mm -hmm. than immediate physical attraction. It's just that as time goes on, Barb becomes basically everything to CWC. It becomes from the sort of the feminine archetypal perspective that that Barb dominates CWC's life in such significant ways that the only natural conclusion is unfortunately the unspeakable. And mm -hmm. is, it a, is it similar in a way to this idea of the uh, serial killer's obsession with their mother? There was that movie, obviously, Psycho, that was made, mm -hmm. and that was based off a real serial killer who also had certain connections with his mother. I'm trying to remember the name of that serial killer. But I don't know if there is some kind of a pathology there related to the mother or if it's something else. But in relation to this, maybe you could also uh, give us your opinion of Chris's overall intelligence. Yeah. Where, where we'll would you move say? on from the yeah. mother thing, of course. Well, why don't yeah. why don't we start? Um, I I uh, I got to know Chris through your documentary Gino, 
Um, hmm. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was like so riveting. And I think um, it is totally awesome that uh, it's so long and it's daunting at first, but it really hooks you yeah. by the second or third mm. episode. You you need to see it through. Um, I think it's great that it, it has like a, a range of emotions like within it where you're really on this journey with Chris and sometimes you are laughing at him. It's almost like uh, he says the, uh, I mean, he couldn't have been scripted better at times than, than the stuff he, that just comes out of him naturally. That's just hilarious. Hmm. Um, but other times uh, it's very, very sad. Uh, I think especially on my second rewatch, I couldn't watch the episode where his father dies. I skipped it oh, because yeah. it just, it hits so close to home. Hmm. Um, and he, he articulates the, the emotions of, someone going through the death of a parent so, so lucidly and so, and so clearly um, that, that I just was, I couldn't help but feel for him. So, I mean, your documentary is, is unbelievable. And I'm not someone who would spend time laughing at someone on the internet. So I, I want to start by asking you, what do you think is special about Chris Chan? <laughs> That's a tough question. That's almost unanswerable. (laughs) Okay, then, or what are the the components of, what are the, what makes up Christian? What are the components of Christian's identity? Or even Uh, just personally to you, Gino, what, what attracted you to Chris beyond, you know, beyond laughing at someone on the internet? Yeah, all those three or so questions can be answered with like one answer. Uh, Basically, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in Christian's life and the person that Christian is. And I think that's what fascinates a lot of people is that um, you could you could like pick out a theme, a sort of topic, the sort of category, even if you will, about about Christian, and just make a five-hour video on it, just like one specific thing, like Chris's treatment of religion or Chris's mm-hmm. treatment of of reality or Chris's treatment of gender. Obviously, uh, Chris is so complex, and there's and um, and because Chris's life is so well documented, uh, I think a lot of people can pick out these these little moments, these little characteristics of Chris's life that they connect to personally. And a lot of people find the attraction that Chris is like a like an example of of themselves if things went really wrong. Mm. Like there's this sort of this sort of point point in your life where you we made the change, where you got better, and Chris is the version of you that did not get better and just got only worse and worse. So just like a, basically like a reminder of what not to do. Yeah. Do you, do you also think that it's due to the kind of influences that we have on the internet? For example, I was uh, listening to this doc, uh, to this, well, podcast series with uh, Bill Maher being interviewed by Adam Carolla. And Hmm. they talked about how back in the seventies when they were growing up, Everybody was, you know, just playing outside. All the kids were bored, but it was because of, yeah, not a cell phone in sight. And there was absolutely none of this helicopter parenting where first you had to go to karate class and you had to go to French class, piano class. So that Adam Carolla attributes to his own creativity because being bored gives you time to figure out very interesting ways of not being bored. But it's almost like when we have Pokemon, Sonic, when we have all these different influences, video games in our lives, it it traps us 
and in a way I think it does stunt growth to a certain extent. I don't know if that's been your own observation. I mean, you're living in Japan, but you're not mm -hmm. a big fan of anime, as we found out backstage. So what do you notice being in this culture that's also seemed to be absorbed by a lot of this media that other people create, as opposed to, let's say, like Satoshi Taijiri, who invented Pokemon, he didn't mm -hmm. really play any of those video games. He collected bugs when he was a child. That was his Pokemon, and look what he made. So I'm curious where you stand on that. Um, well, in Japan, for for instance, I think a lot of people are very much absorbed into the media that that Japan creates. Like, for example, Pokemon is is huge. Like for for everybody for all ages. Um, be it students or teachers alike, and and I, I almost kind of feel like some people in Japan, especially around maybe in their twenties or so or or younger, I feel like they are very much influenced by anime in terms of their behavior and and the way that they respond to like people and and the way that they communicate i think is very much exaggerated at, at points um, almost, almost like they're trying to be an anime character like otaku is, culture you mean mm, in even though they're not even otakus even they're just mm. they're just enjoying what whatever tv series or or anime that they're watching but it's just so ingrained into their culture at, at this point it's a little concerning i think speaking to that issue um in here in america we see a lot of kind of personalities taken over by like what we call hyper socialization mm. or like people kind of taking on the mannerisms of um, like social media influencers or people like um, kind of speaking in the kind of dialect or um, kind of uh, inflection of a, of a TikToker or something like that. Mm. And I, I feel like we, I mean, Chris's personality, it's, it's fun watching your documentary because you could suss out what's coming from the cartoons he's watching and what's coming from the old tiny expressions of his parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like when Chris yeah, says something very like crestfallen or Chris is lonesome and you're like, well, that's mm. coming straight from his dad. Yeah. And well, things think, like heart sweet. Heart sweet, yes. <laughs> Wants a sweetheart. And I just mm. think, again, he's the exaggerated version of us. Like we could think about how... Uh, to what extent does our personality come from outside sources and more in particular the media? Mm. Well, I think, I think another big appeal of Chris is that it's effectively a real life equivalent of the Truman show. Like this is <laughs> someone, yep. yeah. Like this is, this is someone's real life that's playing out almost on a weekly basis, you know, or what, what, what kind of misadventures is our hero going to get up to this time? There's a, 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 at least um, at the start and even kind of going on towards the end, there's always been this element of audience participation um, where mm. people have, have wanted to to troll him mostly now when they kind of become like, you know, wings or A-logs where they're just, you know, they, they kind of want to become a character within his life and uh, it's it's now mostly met with failure. But there's still yeah. kind of that that desire for people where they even just watching him it's like, and interacting with him is what gives them meaning as well. Like they the want ultimate... to, they want to be a part of Chris story. Like they, mm. they want that they want there to be people talking about them and the articles written on them because you know they are, like a lot of people nowadays like internet fame. Like it's something which seems relatively easy to get because anyone can really do it. 
And with someone who's already got an audience within the tens of thousands watching his every move, it's an easy way to, to you know, score some intercept points. And then we have everyone, you know, want to then follow you and see what you get up to. Uh, again, like it, it mostly fails, but I think that that's kind of, I think that's uh, not for myself because I wouldn't want to contact Chris. I wouldn't want to have any engagement because I think it's more entertaining to, you know, watch from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think for a lot of a, a lot of people, there's definitely going to be an appeal in that. Mm. Well, it's the ultimate relational aesthetic if you're looking at mm. it uh, from Chris as a work of art. I mean, I think this is why Leshbaum chose Andy Warhol because that's the ultimate. When you look at the history, you look at their relation to media, the synthesis of media, the sort of the viewing of uh, film and the use of everyday life as a source of uh, aesthetic expression from people interacting in like the image, the visage of Warhol. Also Warhol's relationship to his mother, he was a deeply religious man. He was a celibate homosexual, um, you know, and he took his mother to mass every day to the point where it was, you know, kind of creepy. Uh, But also this engagement with the audience, I think there's only a logical conclusion there. But at the same time, I think that there's a reason why uh, when it comes to the work of art, there's always like a sort of a clinicized and very like sterile separation between uh, what is performance formativity and what is like you know real life cinema verite and i think like a lot of like a lot of you know nowadays contemporary art is not exactly a a source of vitality the way it was but Mm -hmm. still i mean there's something about cwc that encapsulates i would say the the sort of the perfect middle point the way that andy warhol was in the 60s by the way the -hmm. perfect middle point of our generation or rather the sort of few generations that have had the both privilege and horror of growing up on the internet. There's something there that CWC is like the, the sort of the watershed between all of these different influences and is the pure product, an aesthetic product of the internet. Mm. And, but does, uh, yeah. But does there come a, a certain moral obligation at a certain point to, let's say, people who have been following CWC for a while to not just be these detached observers, but actually do something to help the situation out. Like, I was pretty critical of not even the people who were the trolls, but the people within Chris Chan's community, like the people that Chris would see around church, because they must have known what was going on. They must have known the deterioration of the household, yet they didn't really do anything to uh, help. So what do you think now could... I mean, now it's obviously, I think, uh, you know... It's too late in a way, but if we were to go back in time, would there have been any moral obligation on the people that were watching, even I'd say on yourself as the documentary maker, to not just be an observer, but to assist in some kind of way to making yeah, the situation but, better? But been yeah, but does Gino that. need to be null? Like, does Gino have to be null mm. now? Like, we're trying to... Oh, sorry, mm. Rose. Sorry, oh, no, I was going to make that point. He's had, mm. um, like, Chris has had null looking after him for... Yeah. Well, looking over him at least uh all the way up until up until the the incident and when it transpired <laughs> that he was effectively stealing money from his mom money cut all ties so that there have been uh people within the trolling community or the people watchers rather who have tried to look out for him i mean one of the main reasons that the idea guys were effectively taken down is because of the work on kiwi farms they they want to enjoy kind of like the the fruits of their labor which is kind of the curating this 
like independent Chris, whilst also you know not wanting to be completely irresponsible and literally try and destroy this this uh, his life. Hmm. Uh, but the, sorry, but does this also uh, have to do with what we consider to be Chris's level of intelligence? Like, what would you say, Gino, uh, that question I asked earlier, what would you say is Chris's level of intelligence? At what point can you say if a person is just completely mentally not there that it does cross the line, that at what point is a person still smart enough to be able to kind of take a certain amount of responsibility where it's a little bit more fair play? Yeah, I wrestled with this question before, like just how smart is Chris? Um, some people would be very mean about this and say Chris is stupid. Um, I don't, I don't know about that, but it does seem like, um, when people have been trying to help Chris, uh, Chris was very selective of, about what kind of information he was, he was willing to, to accept and willing to believe. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. um, when people tried to, uh, point out like, like, for example, this, this online girlfriend of yours is actually a troll it's a it's a boy mm. uh chris refused to believe that and for many 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 <laughs> many tries at like trying to get with a e-girlfriend basically uh chris continues to fall for that and mm. it makes people question just how many times are you are you are you going to make the same mistake you know mm. so, but is it possible that he he knew and or I'm like, at least part of him knew, but he wanted to go on that ride of believing. Mm. That's, that's also an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. It sounds like he was just really selective of information that would be favorable to him. And mm -hmm. if he's someone who's dealing with things like like um, autism, or I know he hates the word Asperger's, but you know, maybe that mm. might be connected as well. One of the things that I know about people who um, have conditions like Asperger's there's a lot the way a lot of them will think is that they will kind of analyze the situation from their point of view they will come to an answer and therefore that answer is correct because they thought about it so therefore that's the only answer mm. and trying to talk somebody around from that when they've already come to that conclusion when they have that kind of mindset is very hard to to do um, of course, this all depends on exactly what what kind of level of disability Chris has um, as to whether or not that is what's going on. But it wouldn't surprise me, especially with his weird, or at least his used to be a weird as, um, aversion to, to Asperger's. Um, maybe there could be. Maybe mm. there could be something like that. Um, but also it, it would certainly explain his, his, his real fixations on very specific... Yeah. Um, like truths as it were but also the sort of sympathetic to use a james fraser term like a sympathetic magic going there where cwc will like put something in the frame like you know the uh what poster was that when he had to do i'm a homo that one where he's like no i'm actually straight um because this poster is in the background or mm like the IV videos yeah. for Julie's eyes only. There's yeah. sort of... Well, in the in the uh, homo one, he also had the Optimus Prime figure <laughs> and the uh, Sailor Moon yeah. uh, with That's the... That's what know, it was. Yeah, yeah, in the background. Yeah. But again, so when I, I, when I look at like these things, though... thinking there in terms of... Like, what, another strange question I have, but I want Genio to answer mm. the ethical question. Um, in terms of 
Christian religion, it seems that CWC or sorry, Christina has a very highly metaphysical thinking in, and I would see even uh, an occultic way. And we've, we had streams actually, uh, my good friend Saturday the sundown, uh, relating the occult and, and the glowies to CWC and this janky character. Yeah. But I, I would, the one trend that CWC resisted in the two thousands was new atheism, which I find very fascinating how hmm. he, how, how he, I mean, he, at the time, Chris didn't fall in around 2007, didn't like fall for, you know, Reddit shit tier atheism, but because there is such a, 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 I would say a rich, like inner mythology, which, you know, you'd find with various other folk arts, but, um, but no, Gino, please, what is your ethical responsibility as a documentarian? Should you be like Nall, Joshua moon and help him out, help her out, her out. Uh, or do you feel that it would be a violation of what your project is? To, like, have, and have you re reached out to CWC? Um, yeah, I, I would not help Chris. Basically, that's my stance. Uh, it's it's not just because I'm documenting Chris. It's just personally, just as a as a human, as a person living in Japan, just making videos online. I don't, I don't think it's I'm in any position to help Chris. I think personally, and Chris actually reached out to me in in the past. Um, I tried to keep my distance, but. But in I, the comments I mean, sections too, as well. in the comments as well. But I, I made one mistake one time when I was doing a live stream on my channel, and the background I, I used to have a virtual background back then. It was a, it was a picture, a still image of, like a the the 2009 version of Christian's bathroom, which was in, incredibly grimy and oh. filthy. And uh, I, I, I also mentioned uh, Christine's friend at that time was a. It was a a woman friend who I commented did not look at as good as Chris, and Chris took offense to that as well. And Chris kind of yelled at me over Twitter DMs, and so I think in fear of getting reported, I took down that that stream. Mm -hmm. But beyond that point, Chris was kind of neutral to friendly with me, um, which was nice. I I got to talk with Christine. I got to talk with Magichan through Chris's body. That was the thing at the time. Maybe, maybe even Sonichu as well. So, yeah. <laughs> and does this so, so also go into... So what would, 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 would Maji-chan or Sonichu say to you? Pretty much just whatever Maji-chan or Chris would say on, on Twitter, like just a 15-tweet string of whatever <laughs> whatever he's but, talking about at that time. Do you know, so. do you believe that he truly believes in the merge or is it just something that he kind of in his mind wants to convince all the people around him to believe so he could kind of more fully believe it himself he wants to believe it but do you think he truly believes it i think chris really wants to believe it i think chris is looking for like this this um this magical source that will that will uh, help chris's life in a significant way i think that's that's a large part of Chris's connection with religion. I think Chris is uh, Chris was looking at religion as a sort of like a <clears throat> truth, uh, like a dream granter, like wishing for something and hoping it comes true. Uh, Chris didn't find that in Jesus, and then Chris went to the the CPU goddesses to uh, to ask for for things to to go well in her life. And Chris mentioned that 
through text while talking with with one of the uh, idea guys is that like the CPU goddesses were willing to grant to Chris what Jesus never could like oh that. My God. Yeah. And then after the idea guys went away, Chris got in contact with Sockness and that was a thing. Chris got, got in, mm. in touch with like the the uh, occultist aspects and was trying to do some crazy magic with like candles and well, stars on the floor and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, since Chris, you're see, living, Chris uh, went beyond good and evil, Lev. No, oh, yes. That's, well, since uh, well, speaking of going beyond good and evil, since you're the living, ultimate Nietzschean yes. figures. Yes. Well, since uh, you're living in Japan now, Gino, one video that you uh, did was about one of these onis who has an eye in uh, their asshole, and yes. uh, there's a very rich tradition of these various entities people would encounter in Japan, uh, you know, having to do with Shintoism, the idea that there is spiritual spiritual aspects to nature. With the nature, you would have various onis, various entities of such. And do you think that there is something to the idea that there is consciousness out there, there a spiritual world that we're not seeing, and maybe it involves uh, certain projections of the mind where if somebody believes in a sonichu believes in the magician then like there was a comment from a uh, massive mcgee i think uh, earlier on uh, talking about tulpas talk uh, chris turned his characters into tulpas and they drove no. him insane you can't change my mind so do you think that there is something to the idea that we inform the spiritual landscape just like the spiritual landscape informs us even to things that people would just you know not even consider you know like saturday morning cartoon characters fan characters <laughs> things of that nature family guy is real simpsons yes real exactly. yeah. <laughs> i think that the human mind is a very powerful thing and you're and you're able to make things things come true just with your mind you can convince yourself that these things are true uh because because th there are things that you might feel in your daily life like 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 for example you have this the sense of intuition you have this sort of deja vu feeling maybe people don't really understand what what it is and trying to attach meaning to what this these these feelings might be uh chris was hmm, chris was definitely like trying to get an answer out of out of the strange things that chris was feeling like for example uh these feelings of deja vu chris chris thought that like she was going into a different dimension or 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 whenever like she was lucid dreaming she she really thought that that she could actually travel through there so i think chris is like a good example of a more maybe how should i say primitive mind for for example maybe like chris is not is not as um as not as uh as socially adept and chris is was kind of like raised in a in a cocoon almost that chris right. doesn't have really really good um um social history um and chris was kind of raised through just like interactions with his parents and then through watching uh tv and then through playing video games and this is how Chris learned about the outside world and how people react and how people act with each other and just try to copy that way instead of the more in real life interactions. Mm. I think a big uh, component of, of CWC's personality came from Saturday morning cartoons. 
Mm. Um, mm. I, I'm around the same age as, as Chris, so we, we grew up on the same mm. cartoons. And the, those cartoons legally had to have a PSA. And the PSA was usually kind of centered around being a good person, um, being yeah. true and honest. And, and I think a lot of those talking points, and drug-free, of course. Mm. And yes. I think a lot of those talking points came from those 80s cartoons, PSAs. I think that's mm. like where his like outside of religion, his sense of morality, at least in the beginning, at least in Crest, mm. in classic well, Crest came. Well, from. it also I think, think came from his parents. Morality, or to an extent, becomes like I, I. I'm only half joking with the Beyond Good and Evil thing. I mean that there is. I think because of the unrelenting narcissism of CWC, there's also a very slippery relationship to moral actions. But at the same time, it is. The word the word primitive is very interesting. Of course, it gets you canceled in academia mm. now, you know. But it's true though in that the sort of um, let's call it the animistic mind can't separate between what Young called uh, and he got this when he went to Africa, the, the grand dream of a lot of different tribes, and in essence, in essence, they're living through the unconscious, mm. which CWC is, is doing. There is no like what Young called you know conscious criticism there. To separate between what is the ideation of a fantasy and what is the real. Right? I think because this the is real also, becomes the fantasy. Yeah. Well, I think this is also something that Rudolf Steiner was talking about in relation to the legend of Atlantis, where according to Steiner, the Atlanteans originally had more of this dreamlike mindset having to do with imagery, and later on, as people started to have more of this objective mindset they were the ones who were able to wield the most power. And that also reminds me of an anecdote. I don't know if this is specifically about the Mayans or somewhere in South America. And I don't even know if this is true or not. Somebody could correct me. But it focuses on the conquistadors coming in and uh, certain magic that may have worked on the uh, other uh, native people in the region did not work on the conquistadors because they were not in that same kind of mindset. And I wonder if there is sort of like a cargo cult situation going on with Chris Chan, where instead of having the animals, the various plant life, you know, like the jaguar and the ayahuasca uh, ceremony, when you see the jaguar in that vision that you have because you're now, in the Peruvian jungle. Now you see jungle. Optimus Prime. Or... Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of my point. Like, I don't really see it being yeah. as different. You if you could, Yeah, if you could say that people who are in this dreamscape are in a way children, but their children relative to this higher imaginatory power that they're uh, that they're privy to. Just as an aside, I think my, my personal favorite panel of Sonichu is the one where he thinks one of his sweethearts uh, died in a, in a car crash of some kind. Oh, yeah. and he drew Optimus Prime, yeah, killing mm. this this woman that he to him at least was was a real person. <laughs> and I, I just feel like that one panel says so much about his whole mm. mentality. Yeah, also, bear in mind that with Chris, a lot of his biggest achievements in life are kind of connected to cartoons and video mm -hmm. games. Like the, I think the single biggest achievement that he's ever had was winning the Sonic sweepstakes when he was about nine oh, years old. Oh, that that's yeah. what well, ruined that was, him. and that and that yeah. would be it. That would be a huge deal for a child because not only have you won like one of the most coveted prizes that a kid could have, which is like a trolley dash around the toy store, <laughs> but you're being interviewed on the news about it. So this isn't even just a big deal for you, as far as you're concerned as a little kid. This is a big deal for everyone, because I they are going out of that, their way to talk to you about this. I love how that contest also, in, in perfect 
Chris Chan fashion was passive. It wasn't an art contest. It wasn't, he didn't have to do anything. It was watch and win. Yeah. Exactly what he could do. Yeah. But it was, it was still a massive achievement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he he would, a lot of, a lot of the things that he can attest that his letters that have been uh, printed in video game magazines, Mm-hmm. Um, like there was the review that he did of the DS dating game that I think was um, put into, uh, I don't know which, I don't know anything about American gaming magazines, but I know that it was, it was printed in one of those. Uh, like these are, if you have a look over his life as a whole, these are like his, outside of the actual kind of sphere of like Christery, like these are the real defining moments. Like he hasn't really had a job apart from when he worked at like Wendy's and when mm-hmm. he bought a load of steak knives. Um, <laughs> like so, like they, those are, those well, he are has, friends, he like, two kind of. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> like he graduated oh. from high school, but they, he didn't get the the praise that he seeks for his art. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike well, well, n- n- the not only that, that he's got mm-hmm. just for providing for the very bare basics. Well, Sorry. not only that, but in high school, in the dance, uh, there was a, I don't remember the exact controversy, but there was something that left uh, Chris incredibly scarred, right? Something having to do with uh, with dating. I'm, I don't exactly remember what. But I believe it was graduation. Oh, graduation. He wasn't given, he wanted to get some kind of special recognition that he overcame his autism, which obviously oh. is not, not going to happen in a graduation ceremony. Wasn't it to do with his art as well? Didn't he want specific recognition for his art? Like for Sonichu? Uh, not <laughs> necessarily for Sonichu, but just his art in general. I'm Didn't sure Sonichu that was yeah, 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 it was for the art, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, and also keep in mind that there was something we skipped over here, which I think is also pretty significant. Before Sonic, before any of this uh, video game stuff, there was the babysitter who locked Chris in the closet mm. for a yes. long time. So I don't know, like, how much that. Uh, uh, I know, Gio, do you think like some kind of trauma like that would have an effect, or Most where can we where can we point to and say, you know, this is where it could have gone the other way? Mm. It was it was that I think was a sort of a systemic break within CWC psyche, but I think that the the relation to Barb in particular being almost like you would say a longhouse mother type of figure of you know this sort of supreme authority over every aspect and and, and a lot of um, I know not through no fault of their own, but a lot of mothers in particular of special needs children it's like they have to take on a role of being within those um initial stages of development with their child forever almost but with no but even worse here the parents of chris chan didn't want to believe it they didn't take any steps to uh, those are the good but those are the good ones though with barnett's yeah, like there's incredibly irresponsible. Can I can I just quickly put in for a second? I just oh, noticed in right, the right. chat it looks like people are asking if I'm in a wheelchair for some reason. <laughs> what? I'm not in a wheel. I I, I can see. Someone yeah, where are saying, the handles? Like, Rose is in a wheelchair. Like, I'm not in a wheelchair. <laughs> 
I'm not saying the handles are, though, why they're talking about the wheelchair, unless they have, like, retractable handles or something. But anyway, I want to get to the, I want to get to the art. So another question that Billy uh, asked here is, uh, what are your favorite scenes or panels from Sanichu? So if we treat Sanichu just as, like, this comic book, regardless of any of the instances of uh, Chris Chan, well, first of all, can we? And second of all, what are some of your favorite uh, things? Mine, just so you know, it's that uh, hentai comic that Chris Chan did, the one with uh, oh, Rosa, no. Chu's, <laughs> Rosa Chu's mouth, like the camera being inside of Rosa Chu's mouth <laughs> going into Sada Chu's like penis. No, 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 that, 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 was, that was actually the opposite. It was the camera inside um, Sada Chu's member. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, that's <laughs> even better. Yeah. Yes, that's right. The best was like the perspective angle on the Megan Schroeder <laughs> ones where it's like... <laughs> My my yeah. very favorite my very favorite one is um one of the ones after after Chris has come out is Christine. Mm -hmm. And he has a conversation with Blake where Blake says, Begging your pardon, miss, but nice rack. <laughs> and then Chris just sounds like, Thanks, Blake, but don't get any ideas. And it's just that in this instance, it isn't even a drawing. It's literally it's just a photo of him. And you can't see any breast in it at all. Like it's just it's mm. that's, well, that's amazing for me on my and youtube it, channel i wanted to do a video of reviewing uh cwc's like the more choice artworks like the head one um because there is like for what it's worth a lot of relation to hmm. expressionism and surrealism but, but I, like I'm, I'm i feel nowadays it's like I don't know. It's but I'm gonna I want to give the floor to G, uh, Gino. Oh, what is curious. this great Rosie's team wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to become a uh, standard now, Rose. There's nothing you can do about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she can't do it. She, she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> ah, there we go. Perfect. So, okay, Gino, oh. I want to give you I want to give you the floor. You haven't had the chance to answer uh -huh. about the artwork yet. What what is your favorite artwork of Chris Chan? Favorite comic series? What is the most engaging one for you personally? Oh, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, panel wise, um, I think yeah, this was I think in Sonichu issue ten, which is my favorite issue. Uh, is when is when Chris and the and the chaotic combo are performing a raw concert in front of the four chan headquarters to make it you know break apart and uh chris inserted pictures of himself into the comic but his his camera didn't capture his legs so then Chris <laughs> just like drew on the legs. <laughs> all right i've got to see this but this is real poker this. this is henry darger like copying and pasting different characters from Bruce clippings hmm. Yeah, so in a way, I think, uh, like uh, Gio talked about earlier, there is an outsider art aspect to uh, Chris Chan's work. And the fact that it is so authentic, it's very different from, let's say, a mm. lot of this copy-paste Tumblr art. Like, you could see a certain amount of, I don't know, a certain amount of uh, affection that's put into this, not just... It doesn't look like Chris Chan is doing this to impress somebody, you know, to make somebody say, oh, this... I text in there, he would, like... He had a weird way of scanning the sheets mm. and then inserting text in. Like, how did he do that? I forget. The uh, I've just got. Uh, a, I've just got it in front of me. He grabs a Guitar Hero controller, snaps his fingers, <laughs> and then he becomes like the photograph version, which is nowhere near as flattering. Wait, as can you drawing. can you uh, can you DM it to me? I'm going yeah. to we'll put it in the chat. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, I love that Chris couldn't from issue one. I mean, from the cover of issue one. He couldn't resist self-inserting um, 
I mean, you would think maybe he would try to do a straight up Sonichu comic, at least the first few issues. But from the very beginning, it was a self-insert fantasy. And I, and I find that just absolutely fascinating. I mean, and this was, I think, 2004 he was doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's mean, the picture, oh by the God, way. What? <laughs> That's like he snaps his fingers. He goes from, like, you know, he's got the cool shades on. Too. And then I, be, I, I believe in, in this. In the next page, Chris apologizes for not wearing the same shirt as his drawings. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was in the wash. This is postmodern art before postmodernism. Like, I, I, like breaking the wall that way and like just having like purposefully done motifs and serial work. Like, oh my God. That's, man. It's. It's beautiful. Yeah. But do you think that people are going to... I know that there was that book that Gio mentioned, but do you think more people can, through the power of your documentary, start to incorporate some of these things into highbrow culture? I think it kind of needs it personally, but do you think that there's a chance, or are we just relegated to this internet landscape to uh, you know, have this experience and will never go into the intellectual sphere? Uh, I think it will. I think I think uh, I can fairly confidently say, within maybe ninety percent confidence, is that within the next five years, I think someone will make something in the mainstream. Uh, probably it's going to be a more like a documentary feature. Um, I know this because I was contacted three times already by wow. people up up high in the industry. There, there's definitely interest in making something. They, they're really not quite sure how how to make it because with such a complicated subject as Chris, you need to simplify it and you need a, a unifying theme crossing mm. Chris's life. Mm. So, so that's what they're looking for. Uh, I can't guarantee if I'll be if I'll be involved with any such project, though. Though I'm I'm trying. I'm still in talks, actually. Well, there was a dream that I had last night, which I don't know if you read, but I dreamt that I was on stage interviewing uh, David Mamet, you know, the famous uh, writer David Mamet, about the Chris Chan movie that he wrote. So, oh, God. <laughs> this is you a know, real David um... Mamet back from the dead, just like. <laughs> no, well, he's alive. What do you mean back from oh, the dead? Oh, he's still alive? Yeah, they, he was on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast a while back. Yeah, you know, I I hope for for your sake that you are able to, um, you know, make make something mainstream, um, you know, cash in and get all the recognition you deserve for this massive project you've been you've been undertaking. But I just wonder, uh, to what extent is Christian kind of mainstream resistant? And I know that oh, yeah. his art was always the, the joke was that he's like kind of punk rock because he could never be mainstream. <laughs> but um, Chris wanted the only reason Chris is doing comics is because he couldn't himself make a movie. He couldn't himself exactly. make a video game. The only thing Chris could do was make comics. So mm. his Sonichu was always resistant to the mainstream. But in, in, in the sense of telling his story, I can't see how you could do it justice in two hours even. So yeah. do you think that is there a way to even translate his story to a mainstream documentary? There is a way, though I don't think it's going to be as good, you know, as as what as what we might feel it it should be. We're always going to be leaving out stuff. We're always going to be um, focusing too much on whatever thing just to get our just just to get the the message of the of the movie of the of the documentary across. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's interesting about Sonichu, the uh, comics, because because Chris 
always referred to the chapters of the of the comics as episodes. Mm. You know, because because Chris 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 envisioned it like the Sonic the Hedgehog '80s cartoon series. You know, right. '80s. Yeah. No, you mean early '90s? It was probably early, early '90s, yeah. right? So I don't mm. want to be a snob here. I was yeah. see the thing is I was a really big Sonic fan growing up. I saw the Saturday morning cartoon, the one with Sally Acorn, and I played all the games. You know, even the horrible Sonic R game. Although I think Sonic 3D Blast was the first game that I played for the uh, Sega Saturn. So, like we said before, it does capture you, and there's always a feeling of you know, should I have spent that time outside instead of playing these games? And what are these games really? teach us like do you think that if you observe chris chan and the influence that has had in him and like you said there's a little bit of a chris chan in all of us as far as we kind of see these influences having creeped in do you think that gen z and the generations afterwards who grew up with an ipad that it's going to be even that much more like chris chan it's going to be that much more infected with just all these pop culture things that we're not even going to recognize what the subsequent generations are going to be like, that they're just going to be so messed up, or maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I think there will be a lot more like Chris, you might say, because Chris definitely was um, was a victim of not the best parenting. Uh, I, I can definitely imagine that Chris's parents were not willing to... Uh, to uh, treat treat Chris with the with the with the necessary attention that Chris really needed, uh, they were obviously way too old for this, and they were not prepared to have a child with like, you know, learning dis- learning mm. you know d- difficulties. So so they definitely I think um, went to um, pass over the parenting over to maybe video games and and TV shows, which is I think is all is happening a lot nowadays as, as well like mm. just passing a baby in an ipad which is frankly i really dis, dis, disagree with that yeah yeah but at the but same time also t- notice yeah. that the hoarding of ba of barb it's like it, chris chan is a cultural hoarder but barb is a physical hoarder so it seems that mm. the act of hoarding like in this uh in, in lesh bomb's book uh he says that cwc resists nostalgia the way that Andy Warhol was eternally mm. contemporary in that there is no sort of conscious the way it is with us millennials, right? <laughs> There's no conscious um, understanding of a homesickness for a place that may or may not have existed. Well, he also See, never left. He, he never. That's there, the there point. There was never a period where never he didn't left like these things. Because yeah. no, but when franchises end, it goes into the dimensional merge. It goes into some other plane. So there is no nostalgia. CWC resists that nostalgic impulse because it's still real, right? So mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, but then, like, I mean, when it comes to their the parenting, I mean, they both didn't, didn't uh, Barb was a Barb that cheated on her ex, or how yeah. did that? Well, that's why, that's why Chris's brother. Uh, who's apparently uh, sitting in uh, uh, Manhattan and uh, burning? Uh, what was that place that he's supposed to reside in? Uh, uh, Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Thank you. <laughs> so he's sitting in Carnegie Hall. There's like a fire pit. There's a. He's just throwing money. <laughs> no, but what was oh this? What God. was the story behind that? Just so we're uh, refreshed. The story behind Barb and the brother and all that. Um, Chris's parents have both had marriages and children before Chris and they all seemingly cut contact with them prior to Chris being born, which is 
I mean, we don't really know the the full story behind that, but uh, but apparently, um, all their kids apparently hate them, so yeah. we really don't know why. But uh, apparently, Barbara uh, tried to get with her sister's husband. I believe that's the that's the story. Mm. And oh, then, wow. um, and yeah. then Chris's and then Chris's half brother says that possibly. Barb shot a gun and the bullet ricocheted and almost killed him or something. Oh, my. really oh, yeah. don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so also apparently there was a sorry. There's a very recent lore unearthed um, in which Chris's brother confessed. It was like two years ago over on a Facebook post that Chris, no, sorry, that uh, Cole, Chris's brother and Barb. And Barb's husband at the time, who was who was not Cole's father, they were part of a traveling magic act. And, <laughs> they, wow. and they used to and they used Whoa. to perform for uh, mental in institutions and they like oh met my with god. The, wow. and they, and they used to meet with the mayor or something. Wow, imagine yeah. touring the country or the, even like the states with your mom and a, a man who isn't your dad, and you're performing in mental institutions. <laughs> as a kid yeah that's very similar I, to julian assange's background by the way how he had to flee from his, his biological father and they were part of this traveling circus that was also a cult or something like that like wow. it was yeah it's very but strange it, I, I knew a guy in, in high school who actually ran away to join the circus and this is in like the uk <laughs> in like the year 2005 2006 uh, and I, I was surprised that this was even a thing. I thought it was something from cartoons. Mm -hmm. um, well, but, but no, also, he, he but, ran like, off to join the circus and became a juggler. But what's interesting about Bob, though, is that, like, Billy, you alluded to that, and Rosie, you were saying, like, joining the circus is another, like, weird crossing of timelines of, like, this old-timey reality. Look mm. at, uh, for example, CWC's influences from Bob in, in terms of politics. Like, oh, on, mm. the, on the one end, it's almost he's kind of, like, woke on the racial well in these circles but like let's say he's racist or whatever but he's like a morgan he's like a morgenthau liberal where he's like well he likes the un and he's like you know an internationalist but mm. he's like a racialist is the same time it's really, well i mean like, to what yeah. extent does he does he like what he's told to like on television you know like mm. explicitly mm. Mm. but that wasn't television that was bob's influences and another thing that you notice with bob especially in that encounter in the mall like this was before the pickle man where he, he had that girl a woman yeah away from <laughs> oh no bob's God. a very charming guy yeah. and Wait, it also pickle yeah and it also <laughs> in a way speaks i think to an idea that there may be some kind of a cultural loss where in the nifty 50s you may have had sort of like this charm that guys had to develop with the gals and now you know, it's not it's not really the case anymore. And that girl may have been even stunned by man, like this old guy. He's just like incredibly charming. But that may have meant that work must have been put into it. Like Bob mm. must have put into a lot of work into knowing exactly the right things to say, how they say it. And that's kind of another I don't want to be blackpilled here at all, but that's another thing that people may be looking oh. back on, like having this old school Yeah, yeah, having like this old school generation of people who you know knew how to, like in that uh, in that cigarette commercial, in that Marlboro commercial. I can you know um, uh, 
assemble my car and disassemble it and you know say well do you smoke while doing it i said of course you know marlboro is my brand of cigarettes anyway the you know, would say that bob maintained frame throughout <laughs> yeah mm. like there's always something tragic about about bob well for me one of the things that's always stood out is the uh what did they call it the, the garage where they were is it like the the dreaming studio the dreaming like for you know big c and little c is mm. you know where dreams yeah. come true i think for anyone and like that for me is really tragic yeah it's i think one for anyone who parts. could relate and i'm sure all of us to some extent could relate to letting our parents down at least in, in some way maybe a small way oh yeah that, that really hits home the dreaming studio mm. just just hurts man mm. yeah that, what, that for me actually makes me makes me kind of. Bob though in general mm. though, do you think that Bob was more of a responsible figure in Chris's life, or he had his pitfalls? <laughs> Obviously, and the way he died was so tragic mm. as well, being yeah. eaten by bed bugs. And, oh God! Mm. Yeah. Mm. Bob was definitely more responsible, though. I mean, when you're when when your competition is is Barb, it's not it's not that difficult to win. <laughs> Yeah, mm. but oh, but yeah, I mean, more. I mean, oh. Bob was kind of a product of his of his time, you know. He he had some <clears throat> some con some controversial opinions concerning, you know, <laughs> someone's a uh, quote unquote black ass. You know, <laughs> he would say something like that. So, oh yeah, I mean, but yet he was like uh, an but, old like American internationalist, which is like, yeah, and and yeah, and kind of kind of like me. I love the UN and I love the yeah, UN. Love, but you don't score as many music. No. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he he was quite cultured. You know, he yeah. he loved jazz music. He had mm -hmm. ten thousand records. He uh he was actually part of a of a of a Korean church. Um, oh locally. wow, really? Yeah, that yeah, so, so, that was, so that means that he's not racist then, right? Because there was the Korean War, so. Well, I, I guess mean, he's selectively racist. racist. There's a difference. He's selective, I guess. I don't know. Selective, yeah. Also, uh, but wasn't Bob the one who like lived with Chris when he went to that different school? Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Was it like, uh, yes, that's was it, true. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Bob was the one who who stayed at home. Yeah. Um. So and he, he there was also there were weird things that he would he would really kind of try and show support for his son on like the the name change with the bear. Like, you know, the we became very much convinced that, well, if Chris believes that the bear is, um, you know, is giving him a new name, that, that is a message from God. And that was what was put in the newspaper. Um, God and the bear. Yeah. I think there were, like, Bob, by especially as time went on, he was very much showing his age. Uh, but if he had had Chris at a younger age and if he had had a wife that was more responsible than Bob... Chris mm. would have probably stood more of a chance. Mm. Um, like I know that he's he would never win uh, Father of the Year awards. I know that Barb won Mother of the Year in in two thousand, but she she never won again. Um, but he, he oh. he's never kind of come across as more of a villain in in Chris's life than than Barb, which is a weird thing to say, yeah. knowing how things have played out. Barb is the one who's come across as the more lazy one, the much more neglectful one. Mm. Like the whole idea of her no longer cooking for for Chris since um like he turned down a spaghetti dinner, which may or may not have been <laughs> absolutely terrible. Oh um you know like 
Bob is the Bob is the one who kind of comes across as a lot more manipulative and the one who I think has maybe neglected Chris in so many ways that after Bob died, they do seem to have become a lot more closer. Uh, that is, it seems mm. to be after uh, Bob well, that's kind of away, a bad you hear about them it, but... being out in public, holding hands with arms around each other, and yeah. maybe that could that could kind of be how things led to the way they are. Bob was looking for more kind of support, and finally kind of showed it to her son. At which point he was already Chris Chan, uh, mm. so it's too late to to kind of do anything then. Um, yeah, like I, so, I would always give Bob. Uh, specifically, like a, a little bit of leeway. Yes, he had um, questionable views on on race and um, homosexuality, but I don't think he was specific based on what we know. Because I know that Cole says he's a disgusting man, or said he was a disgusting man. I just, you know, I don't think that he is as bad uh, as Bob was. No. Hmm, interesting. I think he just didn't know probably how to deal with a son like that. But probably I'm, but... not. Most parents, a lot of parents don't. Mm. A lot of parents don't. But of course, there's still failures on his part for not doing it. But then it also sounds like there might have been problems with the the local county, which wouldn't surprise me for um some, for a child with a condition like Chris. Like even in even like in places like the UK. There are plenty of kids with learning disabilities, with like autism or Asperger's, who are regularly let down by the system. They, they so grow up it, in council flats, and hmm. yeah, yeah but, well, I mean, probably not as messed up as Chris, because there's, I think, I think Chris has just been failed by everyone in his life, including himself. Um, hmm. but I, but yeah, th that's kind of where. It comes but for from. somebody like Chris, do you think that there would have been any? chance if the legal system worked differently to actually have him be brought into the mental home much earlier where the uh, tragedies that we know of could have been avoided uh or do you mean for me to answer that uh or well, gino, for, gino yeah, yeah rose you. yeah um it's difficult to really say because um i think in america you need to be like kind of very, very specifically vulnerable before the system will yes. actually step in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as vulnerable as both Chris and Bob are, I don't believe they meet that threshold. They're able to look after themselves technically. Mm -hmm. They are I mean, they have survived by eating and um like eating yes, very like poorly, been, but eating yeah. very poorly for for years. But that that in itself doesn't mean that someone. All would right, but but taking right. a cut, you know, making a incision in your taint because you think that there's going <laughs> oh, to be a vagina yeah, under which is there. An incredibly <sighs> dumb thing to do, but but that still wouldn't meet any kind of barrier of um, like kind of legal incompetence mm. in someone. Well, you would need mm. that. That I think that even now with the assault on on his mother chris understands that what he did was wrong and something like that would stop would would effectively stop an insanity plea because he's still aware of a lot of what he is doing he's just christian and i don't I, I, it's difficult to see what the state could have done earlier especially when they live such secluded lives when there aren't a lot of people who are close to them, like, like mm. they're, basic, they're basically like, you know, disowned by their wider family. They don't mm. have any friends. The only people who seem to check in on them are, are internet trolls who the police would hear a lot from anyway. 
Um, and so I, I just don't see how mm. this could have re like any way reasonably based on what we know that this could have been prevented. But now Chris is actually in the system. Um, that That is kind of concerning because I know that American systems, people do get lost in them. Mm. Um, yeah. And I've heard some yeah. horrifying things about people who, like one story which will always stick with me is, um, I believe it was might have been in the 70s, there was this girl who had basically lived her entire life tied up to a chair. Um, her yeah. father was incredibly abusive, um, assaulted her, assaulted her brother, and she couldn't actually speak English. She'd never learned to speak English. And she was rescued and put into put into care where they started to make quite a bit of progress with her. She couldn't speak, but she could start to understand things. And she kind of became happy. But then something happened where she needed to be moved to another facility. And then nobody ever heard from her again. And the yeah, only yeah. thing that they've... Child syndrome, if I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Jeannie, I can't... Yeah, Jeannie, 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 that's it. Yeah. Yes, Jeannie. Yeah. It's, it's an incredibly sad story. And... Wow. It has an incredible, like, as far as I, as, I think, as far as anyone knows now, she's still alive. She's still in the system. But it sounds like she, she basically just, all she ever does is just sit on a chair. And, like, that's all she's capable of doing. Well, would you be able to find Jeannie? Because when you say that she got lost in the system, does that imply that if somebody wants to track her down or transfer her, People it's impossible? Have tried. People have tried. Yeah. Um, people have tried for decades. Wow. And I would have assumed with the, the bureaucracy. The there would have yeah. been paperwork. There would have been some kind of a uh, way of finding the, out who is where. I think it's. I think it's something to do with like confidentiality or yeah. whatever. Only certain yeah. people can know. Yeah. And so, if you don't have contacts with them particular people, or if even the right paperwork isn't done, somebody can effectively just get mm. lost in there forever. And that is well, terrifying. Well, uh, Gino, but, but what do you know? Yeah. The question: uh, Do you think there could have been a point where someone could have intervened? I personally think that. If you would have I was yes. Sorry, yes. love. Sorry. Mm -hmm. oh, no, no, it's funny. I was gonna say the exact same question. So there we yeah. go. Perfect. Uh, I think people have tried oh. to intervene, but um, Rocky Shoemaker, yeah. like Rocky Shoemaker, for example. <laughs> yes, but uh, no, it, no. It, it does seem like Chris and the Chandlers as a whole are not are not disadvantaged enough to be, you know, taken away and and. And, and for the government to, to step in in some capacity. Like, mm. for example, when trolls notified the local government about, about the video about, of, a, of Chris's house tour and, and, how, and, how, and how cluttered it was and how, and how, yes, how Barb's audience was terrible. Yeah. yeah, that. Uh, basically, basically <laughs> the, uh, the local council said that uh, as, as long as the family is keeping this within their own household, then it's, then it's not oh. a problem for us, basically. Mm. Um, beyond that, there was another event. I can't remember now. Damn it. I had it. I'm on the tip of my tongue. It was, but anyway. a, it was a, the, not the fire, but it was something. I know what you're referring to. There was another where the state had to get. Yeah. Oh, that's it. No, um, during the I Idea Guy Sangha, when Chris was basically extorted out of like six thousand dollars, yes, um, yes. no went went to the Green County Sheriff and and to tell him about this this event. And basically, the sheriff said that whatever Chris does with her money is her own business. So and then never never went ahead. That's, so. that's pretty bad. What hmm. do you think of? Do you think that Null has 
done his best to help CWC or do you have your criticisms? I know you have some criticisms of Kiwi Farms, the channelologist, but do you have, um, what is your relationship with Null like, if you don't mind me asking? I've sp- I've spoken with Null briefly during a during a during the, during the kill stream actually. Oh that god. Was, oh. And by the way, life. Null is absolutely eviscerating Ethan Rapp. Oh, sorry. That's my own personal. <laughs> Go ahead. I hate you fucking Null. You ruined my life with the Karen form. Sorry. So, I, I have a I have a question for Gino kind of building off of this. Yeah. Um this this is what I I consider like the central question. That, that at least I turn around, I, I um, think about a lot. Um, do you think that Chris's life would have been better had none of the trolling happened? And I think that's like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like kind of, I think there seems to be a simple answer to it, but mm. I, I don't, I'm not quite convinced of that. So I just, just mm. asking you, uh, what do you think? Mm. Uh, yes. The, the life that Chris would have led without the trolls would have been, I guess, more more calm. You might say. Uh, I think, I think the attention that Chris got from the from the trolls, uh, I think, inflated his ego. I think um, Chris Chris got this idea that you know he was he was famous and that he he had to be res- respected in a in a sort of way. He felt like maybe he had more 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 power, and he decided to lash out against like for example the the gamestop employee with 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 mace uh maybe she she might not have done that if it, if it wasn't for the trolls you know uh but on the other hand without the trolls chris wouldn't have been making money off of sonichu at all i think that, so it's a that's it's a difficult the thing one. i mean mm. i think the of chris, i think of chris, of, yeah. mm. oh, go ahead, Philly, go ahead. i think of chris without the trolls as uh living a kind of lonely life maybe in a group home if his parents had done the right thing or mm. if they they're incapable of doing the right thing just in in you know in his room collecting his tugboat and not really interacting with too many people and i think that the trolls though it was painful quite often for chris the moments before that the, the pain uh he definitely is he got to experience feelings of love multiple times mm-hmm. he yeah. had an outlet which maybe right. wasn't the pref- his preference, but he had an outlet for sexuality through. But there were having... simulations, Billy. There were simulations. They weren't. But I mean, but that. But could Chris have had any better? Had had that not? I mean, I don't he think also, so. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it he has been a... an audience of thousands as well. Mm. Don't forget, mm. well, he's someone she... who he always craved the idea that you know recognition. And mm. I think we like, could all, we all kind of relate no. to that too. Well, Gio, yeah, he can't just become a priest. That's the other thing. Like, I don't expect Christian to become a priest or a monk. So that's another interesting question. As far as the uh, hentai comic that I mentioned earlier, I imagine that Christian did have influence from the various, you know, cartoon pornography that was around the internet. So what do you think uh, that all contributed to uh, how Chris viewed sex, sexuality? Do you think it had uh, barely anything to do with it and it was just something on the side? So I'm curious, do you know uh, what your thoughts are on the whole uh, sexual side of it? Uh, sexual side of what? The uh, sexual side of uh, Chris Chan, the uh, influences that he would have gotten Chris, from yeah. hentai and uh, things of that nature. Was he mm. secretly at least bisexual the whole time? Uh, bis- mm, difficult. I don't think so. No, he hated men. He hated penises. Yeah. Yeah. This is, no, but this is what I, I said, though. He Jason... hated the world of men. He, he obviously had 
that's why the male lesbian thing came about because you mm. need a mm. like i think that's where his homo homophobia initially came from it wasn't that he was doing it out of some kind of like edginess or like you know traditionalism it was more so that to him homosexuality it's not equated which historically homophobia was equated with you know being effeminate instead mm. to him it was ultra masculinity it was like it was like the the uh the jack mm. donovan version yes. of homosexuality right it okay. was like ultra real like men fucking other men that was like to him the ultimate sort of mm. Expression as, of power as it was to uh, mm. as it was to your ancestors, Geo, the ancient Romans. What do you mean? <laughs> You're talking about the Gre okay. Listen, technically the Greeks, because I'm no, 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 no. Here's the difference: the Greek side of Italy. Well, so Greeks and Romans, best of both worlds, because the Greeks, the as far as have, I, here's what the, the Romans did: the Atlantis. Romans were actually the ones who had butt sex, while the Greeks were the ones who had more of this Culture. platonic relationship yeah. to like the younger and the older but the other I thing that i that. the I other thing that i learned about the romans and hopefully we're gonna have a guest on soon who's gonna talk about this everybody subscribe by the way so what i learned lab, about this the could romans, be a side this could geo, be a lip hold on. Up, lab. what i learned about the romans <laughs> geo was that the romans um, you if you were a roman citizen you can only be the giver and the receiver had to be a non-Roman citizen, so like that a slave or, yeah, or a founder. Yeah. And the other difference is yeah. that the Greeks, they use the thighs, but the Romans, they went in the in the booty S all Sodom. the way. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. exactly. So there we go. That's the difference. But I, Yeah, but anyway. But we but, cut Gino yeah. off. Gino. Yeah, back to Gina, yes. But also, but not just, let's get away from the sexuality. The romance part in his conception of romance as well. I'm very curious in mm. your research um, how... Mm. He came about his ideas and so forth. Yeah. Sorry, him, uh, her. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I'm next mm, sure. I think Chris was heavily influenced by by them by the movies by the media of that time that was very um, sexually oriented. You know about you know getting getting with the with the prom date or whatever, like like American Pie, for example. <laughs> uh, I think it's very sexually driven stuff. And um, con concerning his. Uh, homosexuality bisexuality uh chris said that he was tempted you know by by the male form and and chris would would, would look away after a moment of being shocked so i'm i'm not sure whether chris was actually tempted in any sort of way was 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 he trying to hide his feelings you know because i i imagine that bob and barb's you know, homophobic influences are, were very heavy in the in the household. So I don't know if Chris was just trying to conceal that or not. But in the grand scheme of things, Chris was never really that interested in in males, really, up up until the idea guys convinced mm -hmm. her. So probably not bisexual. Yeah. Mm. Wait, what did the idea guys do? Just for those who are not in the know, the idea guys managed to convince Chris that they were all these various cartoon characters co communicating interdimensionally with Christine through role-playing on Discord and uh, just basically saying, hi, I'm Magic Chan. <laughs> basically like that, you know, very, very consistently oh, and constantly. And through this, they managed to to convince Chris that she she actually believed that she could travel to Quickville in some sort of way, that uh, all, all her sonic shoes and roast shoes were real, and that she was married to a 15-year-old Rose Chu named Krizzle and stuff like that, and and married to Magic Chan as well. So 
uh, I think the idea guys were using were, 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 were using these strange ideas like like for example the interdimensional marriages to just to make Chris look foolish uh, just to convince Chris that she was bisexual uh, but soon after the idea guys lots of their influence waned though some uh, persisted for example the the concept of the dimensional merge is was still very much alive and Chris for the most part, I think rejected the idea of bisexuality. So, um, interesting. I I found that Chris always sticks to what she really believes in and what she really wants to do. Like for example, if she's uh, goaded into doing something that she doesn't really want to do, like she she's she's gonna stop. Like if she's trying to come up with a scheme to get the ladies and it doesn't work, Chris is gonna stop. Uh, Chris is not very good at um, keeping up lies. I think. But do you think that there have been moments where CWC obviously has crossed the line and obviously has done real-world damage, especially towards love interests? I mean, the Megan Schroeder thing goes without saying. Mm -hmm. But do you think that... Is there moral responsibility there or is it just the product of the trolls and the A-logs egging uh, CWC on? I mean, the Megan stuff in particular was mm -hmm. quite interesting, but then you have, like, blue spike for instance i mean that was mm. horrific right? that was torture almost but um almost what, that was torture i mean if you have somebody well, inserting an object into their butt <laughs> uh, that's that that's torture but but then but is there not a responsibility that this is literally you know a 14 year old kid and and shouldn't cwc just turn the camera off or not engage i mean i know the ps the the playstation network was such an important thing but like my outside opinion can, can, mm -hmm. I, can I be like an outsider here? Yeah, I think that I think that um, Chris is like he was so thirsty for sexuality that mm -hmm. I think any any sexual attention was was um, in a way wanted, and I think mm -hmm. that he probably enjoyed sticking that up his ass for an audience. And I think he only Maybe. needed to and be encouraged to do it. That 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 reminds me because Chris did bef even before that have a, have a, have a history of sticking things up his butt. So, yeah, yeah. yeah this is exactly how I, I thought yeah. I would spend my early forties just just discussing an autistic adult sticking things up his butt. <laughs> but I think that there's there's a lesson here though because yeah. in a way I think a lot of the things that we're supposed to revere in today's culture when it comes to things that are being taught in colleges today when it even comes to the level of discourse you know the kind of people that we have as president the kind of people that we have to look up to it almost seems like chris chan and focusing on the various escapades and the dimensional merge and all these memes there's something about that that is almost like a fuck you to the system it's almost like to show that the system around us the way that people conduct ourselves uh, themselves has gotten so low that we might as well just talk about this chris chan character and might as well introduce people to uh what was the name of uh, a mary lee walsh for example you know <laughs> <laughs> just you know because oh i i do enjoy God. it we had um i don't know if you uh, know this gino but we had the great comedian tony henchcliffe of uh, Kill Tony on Break the Rules. This was about a year and a half ago. And I told him about Chris Chan and his face was just, you know, like numb from uh, what exactly, you know, it was, it, it was a total uh, info hazard. But there is something about 
breaking that uh, breaking that wall down and introducing people to characters mm. like Mary Lee mm. Walsh and all that that I think you know I don't know why it's so attractive why do you think it is why do you think at least for me there's something attractive about telling people all these intricacies between these Saturday morning cartoon relics inside of the head of this uh, Chris Chan character what keeps us fascinated yes keep what us, keeps yeah. us fascinated <laughs> It's almost too crazy to to believe that this is actually true. I mean, yeah. I mean the way you're the way you're talking about Mary Lee Walsh, like you, you said, a character. I mean, she's a she's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes forget that these are real people, and this is a life, and this is not a TV show. Which is, yeah, which it's is very which, interesting. Yeah, really good point. But especially with Mary Lee Walsh, you had somebody who looks just like this gentle old lady who was then transformed into this cartoon witch badly drawn, who was then transformed a third time into You're this hot. overly yeah, overly Elf. sexual yeah. uh, sort of like Rouge the Bad like <laughs> character. And and I don't know, there's something really fascinating about thinking about somebody going to Mary Lee Walsh and showing her that illustration of the mm, final God. version of her and just letting her but, you know, but, but the, the thing is it's almost like we're reenacting what Chris did, I mean, the the whole uh, the the who was the cabal that tried to troll him, the uh, when Chris was a him, the uh, the miscreants, the miscreants, and he went to Ohio, was it? Mm. Yep. Like he drove there to pursue a boyfriend, girl, and, and he so has fond memories of that. It should be pointed <laughs> out. He he, that was an adventure for him, and he that's still... well, that's the furthest he'd ever been from his home state. I think that's I remember true. Right? And and without the trolls, he probably would never have left Virginia. Well, go mm. ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I think Chris went to California. I think once to to visit Cole, but that's oh, did he? Up, uh, apart from that, yeah, <laughs> by himself. Yes, that's uh, that's a big achievement. I think that's 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 like one of the four uh, one of the four greatest moments of a of a Chris's life. Like Chris, Chris once made a video of like. I mean, it was about something around Liquid Chris around that time, and Chris Chris said there's there's like four four goals in life, so Chris Chris achieved like three of those goals. Like for example, playing the lottery, uh, going to Ohio, had a few drinks, and then number four is the Virgin Breaker, which yes, Mia Ham. I, I love how Man. like playing the lottery, so not even actually winning, just <laughs> buying a ticket, just buying a ticket, <laughs> give it a try, buy a ticket. It. Go to Ohio. Oh, so, CWC is no longer a virgin, right? There's some well, no, sex worker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. I remember it. Oh my so, god. Twice, I think. Oh man, but it, it is it is again very interesting to one day imagine there being not even the Chris Chan thing, but like some giant inflatable furry vor statue in the middle of Times Square, just having this culture completely enter into the world of all of these uh, all these people. But uh, anyways, there is, a, there is another question that uh, Billy had over here in the thread. Let me see if I could find it. But before that, I wanted to say to everybody, be sure to subscribe, add a like. The likes are of an incredible assistance to the algorithm. Oh, and yes. Too. And uh, mm. if you want to support BTR, if uh, you guys are new to what exactly this is, Break the Rules combines all the different... It is kind of like a dimensional merge. It combines both the anonymous internet people together with various experts in their fields, with various people 
in uh, in real life, so we can see, you know, where are some biases that people have on both sides, and be able to maybe come to an agreement or at least understand each other. So the uh, okay, so the other questions that we have here, let's see the ones that we covered. So, uh, what is your prediction for the future of Chris Chan? So that is the final question that we have over here, and uh, take it away, Gino. You can't predict that, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I was asked something similar back when I when I just had a hundred k, and yeah, I, I had I had no idea what would happen with uh, Chris's life. There's there's lots of uncertainties at this moment. Like for example, how is how's Barb? How's the house? Like, is Chris ever gonna get out? These are all questions that I can't answer. Probably, I'm not a I'm just uh, interested in the in the truth. I'm not I'm not a predictor in in any sort of sense. Hmm. Um, I well, think well then, yeah. as far as uh, Gino Samuel goes, what predictions can we make in the life of uh, Gino Samuel? Because I know you're going to have a, a documentary coming up about Antarctica. But in general, where do you want to take your musical career and your documentarian career? Do you want to go through the festival circuit? Where, where exactly do you see Gino Samuel in 10 years from now? Um, if everything goes well, I hope I'll be involved in some sort of Christian project in the mainstream, maybe Netflix or HBO or some or some other streaming site. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, so that's one avenue. I have another avenue, which is which is of course my documentary work outside of Christian, which I think is getting a bit more attention every uh, with every day. Like I'm working on the Antarctica documentary for about eight months now, which is terrible because i just want to get it out as soon as possible but i'm busy with christian at the moment uh music wise i'm actually involved with talks with the this guy over here mm. who is um who is the the guitarist of one of my favorite bands in japan called off course and he's very interested in producing an album with me oh, wow. so yeah. there's lots of opportunities nothing nothing certain yet but i'm glad that there are nice. opportunities there are chances there are things happening all the time and how do you find uh, living in Japan in general? What is that? Uh, what is that whole uh, experience like? Uh, it's, it's quite clean, quite quite orderly. Um, I think it's a it's a very convenient life, even though even though the uh, crowded trains suck a lot. I mean, it's, it's just it's just nice. I'm I'm kind of an urban hermit. I don't really get involved with 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 a wider society. Really, mm. I just sit in my room making my music and videos. Mm. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like that movie Lost in Translation. Is it a similar mm. situation? Oh God! Or <laughs> like the Bill Murray character? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I have I've always been fascinated by Japan and how it operates. Do you notice that there is a uh, hive mind in terms of the culture where everybody's just thinking about not just the individual but like how the whole is functioning? Or would you say that's an exaggeration? No, that's definitely true. Um, there's this there's this understanding in Japan that you do as little as possible to to disturb the peace, to make people uncomfortable. Um, that's why everyone here still wears masks, even though it's it's not it's not in the law. No one is demanding you to do that. They're just they're they're just doing it out of courtesy, basically. Um, yeah, and uh, people very, very, very rarely get into arguments, at least in public, um, and they and they reserve their personal feelings for when they get back home. Mm. 
Yeah. Do you do you also notice in the internet culture of Japan? I don't know if you take part in that or not, because I know you have a uh, Japanese channel, Gino mm. Samuel. Uh, what was it, Gino Samuel Japan? Do you notice, for example, like the progenitor of 4chan, 2chan, that there is a particular internet culture there? How different would you say something like that is to 4chan and the internet culture in the U.S.? Um, I'm not that involved with 2chan or anything like that, but I did read stories about uh, just how incredibly... Um, so They're so incredibly... Um, very determined in the in the targeting of individuals like uh there was this there was this one case about this lawyer i believe yeah, the lawyer yeah <laughs> the eyes you know, you know that story yeah no what what uh what happened with the lawyer i think i think uh can you explain he they for some odd reason he was involved it's been a while since i watched i think mm. it was either like expo or someone like he was involved in some lawsuit and they started like targeting him and doxing him and they put these like eye symbols around his law office and it was like this really big like happening mm. like kind of on the level of like a 4chan he will not divide us only for like one individual oh well, i guess yeah. kyle labeouf is an individual not really well his subject his subjectivity has been ruined by hollywood but you know what i mean like this lawyer this random lawyer kind of, kind of like the something awful thing with the um the waterworks place like in some random county in California, they would like, you know, observe them. Uh, I mm. forget the. Do you, do you know the exact specifics of it? It's been a while since I. I was I was hoping you would have the specifics. He <laughs> was involved in some loss. I have to look it up, but it's mm, if you look yeah. up two chance like one of the top. Mm. Yeah, stories. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're quite vindictive in their in their targeting. It's it's a. It's a, I guess it's kind of a similar situation to um, the the kind of similar level to the kind of attention that Drakenlord is was was mm. receiving. Yeah, yeah, this sort of mass targeting and stalking and you know, yeah. online abuse. Mm. And but in Japan, it's got a particular like, there's sort of like the lore with like you know cults on Two Chan and Hikikomori's, mm. and mm. there's sort of like. It's well, got like a different flavor to it. Well, look like, how much uh, very like open about its targeted harassment. Yeah. For lack of yeah. Well, look, yeah. look how much something like Om Shimrikyo ended up uh, blowing up in uh, Japan. I mean, mm. well, right now actually. That's a good the... way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of blowing up, I mean, there was that incident today in um, in New York City, actually on my home turf. Where there was, well, there was a uh, a gas bomb and then a shooting and multiple people were injured. And there was, I believe it was a uh, black gentleman. I'm not sure exactly who was the uh, perpetrator of this, but it was like organized, like he wore a gas mask and everything. So imagine experience that on your commute to uh, work. So not great. Yeah, there have been a couple of uh, knife attacks on trains in recent months. Yeah, mm. that happened here as well. Wait, here is in Japan. Japan, yeah, in Tokyo. Interesting. I mean, that is that is not what people really think of when they think of Japan. They think of the opposite. They think of everything as nice, like you said, nice and orderly and safe. So why do you think there are these just like random crazy people just going nuts, not able to handle the uh, not able to handle the algorithm we're all in? Or hmm. yeah, there's there's lots of reasons. Like for example, 
just the fact that you can't really freely express yourself that much. I mean, you can, but you, you don't. That's the that's 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 the issue because you because you have the freedom to do so, but most people don't. Just out of out of courtesy, just just the way they are brought up is just it's best to keep the peace and just not state your your opinion if it is controversial. And um, recent events. Um, like like the knife attacks, I believe are were caused by them uh, failing to get a job or like being fired because of the the current situation, you know, the COVID and all that. Mm. And um, some 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 people are seeking notor- notoriety because because Japan is very much a a collectivist culture and everyone is pretty much the same and this the sort of uh, oneness and there's this lack of individuality that some people feel like uh the last major stabbing the guy was apparently dressed like the joker and uh yeah oh wow yeah and then after 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 the event happened after he he stabbed a guy he just uh just reclined in the chair and started smoking until he until until he was arrested because he just i think he wanted the fame wow do you think that also that is something about American culture or Western culture that is seeping into Japan? Kind of like having, uh, you know, the idea of individualism seeping into a nation that didn't really have as much of individualism, and there's bound to be some kind of a uh, conflict happen. Definitely, because the um, Western media is very popular here as well, and and because of the internet, because of and because of the way we are all interconnected these days, I think it's it's much more easy for for others, more domineering cultures to seep in into other ones. Yeah, mm. I mean, after all, Japan, uh, as uh, Ethan uh, Ralph says here, it seems Japan is a society, and people are living in that society. But uh, what I'm exactly? I'm gonna get you, Joshua uh, Connor Moon. What exactly, <laughs> Gino? Uh, just your personal your personal opinion. What do you think is the right balance here since, uh, well, where have you lived before Japan, just so we understand? Uh, I was born in Lithuania, actually, and uh. Uh, I spent most of my my uh, formative years in Dublin, in Ireland. And wow. I, moved, I moved to Japan full-time around 2018. Uh, I was first uh, an English teacher in, up in Hokkaido, in a very small town in Hokkaido, 5,000 people. Mm. Then you, and then wow. after that, I changed jobs and moved to Tokyo. That's where I am now. Interesting. Were you ever a fan of the Nippon Ham Fighters? Or? No. No. Okay. No. No sports. No wrestling. As Gio no sports, ended up no wrestling, sadly, no, no. sadly finding out. There's that's no that. That's no okay. Mangoes, no. But uh, what is your what is your <laughs> personal opinion of what the right balance is as far as a society where? people do have an opportunity to express themselves while at the same time preventing there from being, let's say, millions of Chris Chans out there that are just following their whimsy. Like sleeper and, stalls. Yes, <laughs> and end up, end up being activated, and all of a sudden you have all these people that society now needs to take care of who aren't capable of uh, taking care of themselves. Because that is mm. kind of like a big fear, I think, that we're just being, you know, that we're getting into an environment where we're going to have so many of these uh yeah, I don't want to use the word incel, but so many of these people who cannot stand up on their own two legs that society's going to have to take care of. So I don't know. Where do you think the right balance is here? Um, I think that if you're, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're more thinking of a, of a more individualist sort of uh, point of view, I think there will be 
um, some some pros and some cons. Uh, at, in the same sense that there is um, there are pros and cons with the with the with the collectivist mindset as well. I think that Japan and China, for example, as well, I think excel in lots of places that that uh, that a society like in the in the West lacks i think like for example cleanliness for example uh maintaining law and order but they they also fail in in lots of parts of of asia like for example freedom of expression i think um depression is also a really big thing in in japan because because you have this um you have this idea that you have to live up to a certain standard and uh if you can't live live up to that it just makes you um, depressed. It makes you. It makes. It makes you want to go back into into your your own self. You don't. You don't want to take part in the society. Um, I think that's why a lot of people decide to jump in front of trains in Japan as well. Uh, actually, had, I actually had that personally happen. Basically, I was I was in the train at one time. Yeah, and um, I think lots of people in J in Japan, especially. Are it's it's difficult to say because I think the uh, y younger generations are more are more into like uh, having having control over what they're doing. Maybe maybe this is a maybe this is why people are trying to to go to the online world, the online sphere. Like for example, two chan and try to you know for example harass some some people because that that just gives them a sense of control like something they they can change them themselves you know and they're they're just not some uh nameless faceless cog in the system mm. that, that they can actually do something with the lie be it's good I, or bad i, I think, think this it was is a, all mm. i think it was ted kaczynski that uh talked about this particular uh function of people living in the modern condition where since they feel like they are powerless i don't know geo do you remember how it goes his uh his particular criticism when well, it comes to yeah that basically um modern technology always implies a uh, as as technological capacity increases sort of the free autonomy of the human lessons and there's always something we have to shed of ourselves in terms of our own innate abilities um so when you have a very high advanced tech society there's almost as if like a there's a learned helplessness to it in a lot of ways hmm. because you no longer have the need for a lot of natural abilities and of course he, he calls it over socialization as well like people are so indebted to the system that they really because they can't envision an alternative they will fight and they will die for um a way of life that in some ways is essentially oppressive but in other ways gives them a form of quote-unquote behavioral autonomy and like the trinkets and baubles of uh, of modern living uh, but of course, Japan, they have a very different relationship that's similar in similar in some ways to, to they have a different relationship to technology and media than we do, of course. But if, but the, the extent to which media runs our lives, I mean, that's, you know, almost universal now in the West mm. anyways. And whether Japan is part of the West is, of course, you know, debatable in yeah. itself. But yeah. Well, both for good, both for, uh, both for bad. I mean, I know that I tend to definitely be on the side of the West when it comes to political systems. But at the same time, I am very critical 
of there being a lot of creature comforts that people don't end up dealing with. Because back then, you didn't really have a choice. When you were living in feudal Japan, there were only certain ways you could survive. So I understand the kind of model that they put in place there. And you could say that maybe that gives people a certain amount of satisfaction where I do things according to these rules and customs, and I make the best out of it. Like I LARP as if I'm this soul entity that's been reincarnated into this particular body. I'm going to LARP this video game of being the best Japanese person that I possibly can be. And there is something satisfying to that. And maybe it has to do with that whole Buddhist idea of non-self, where you act this role that you are, but you don't really put so much mind into, I am this particular being. Although, again, I have no idea if most people there, like the rural people, if they even thought of that, but maybe that was just something that was implanted in the culture, where you didn't have to think about it, but you kind of lived it. You know, that idea that if you identify too much with yourself, with your ego, then what are going to be all these things that you're going to do in life? Like, if you get to choose, you know, why wouldn't you then just, like, watch Sonic the Hedgehog and play video games and do all that stuff instead of being a productive a, member? But that's a good last question, I guess, would be for the panel. Is Do you notice that there is sort of a breakdown and that with CWC that there's sort of a psychic breakdown of, like, now this dimensional marriage, it becomes real. There's this mythology and like, for example, the, 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 uh, interview, the, the better interview with, um, Count Ankula, that was sort of like where Count Ankula gives a voice to CWC. It's, mm. it's honest. Mm. It's not like that one other guy that tried to troll the whole time, but mm. there's like this progressive break where now media franchises become, and I know this is going to sound like a total, like, uh, I, I'm not going to use the expletive on YouTube, but it's like this sort of like, you know, F slurry zero books type of analysis where CWC becomes the metaphor for modern late capitalism because it's like the franchise of media becomes this like total identity, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I can, I can almost envision like the zero books title of like, you know, CWC and late capitalism, the Mark Fisher stuff. But like, there is something to it that, as, as CWC progressively breaks down into this like identification with what is like a, a schizophrenic fever dream. It's like, you know, now the sum total reality of CWC becomes this weird panopticon of media where we're looking at CWC. CWC is looking at us, looking at her. It's like, but at the same time, it's like, there's all this like, franchise from anime to western media to you know even even like the the trump thing with cwc is quite interesting to me because it's like as trump becomes this quote-unquote post-truth media figure cwc was already that it was already like the fabulation of this person that we can all observe that you know is on the edge in some ways uh, i don't know where i'm going with this apart from <laughs> my brain is melting right now but mm. like, well, what do you think, Gino? What yeah. do you think of all of that theory saw stuff? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I must say that I'm quite ignorant in most things in life, so I really that flew way over my head. No, that's uh, I don't know, but like the, the sort of like relation of CWC to media and like how we're all observing this person deteriorate. There's almost like a voyeurism to it. Like, there's oh, there definitely is. Yes, yeah. um, I don't 
usually i don't i i tend not to think about the uh the moral issues re regarding this i just i just sit in my room and make videos that's <laughs> that's, that's my life man <laughs> well there there is a comment that i like from jen mai cha we need more individualism there is too much emphasis on the greater good and the collective it's very dangerous thinking I think no, it's... I disagree totally. No, I, I agree. There's too much. No, in... no I. is the reason why there's too much individual. No, I agree, and and <laughs> here's why: because I think that the individualism, where at least the way that I think of individualism, is the state of not being led like a dog, you know, down certain paths where you know you're just uh, you're just operating at this level of not being aware of what's going on just going with whatever whatever powers tell you to do what cuz a lot of the quote unquote individuals that we're seeing on the internet for example who don't want to follow society's rules they all end up going in a particular pattern whether it's the people on the left who end up adopting the hairstyle and the uh cat glasses and you know that whole sjw look or the people on the right who have the anime avatars and the avatars of the greek and roman statues let's face it there's a particular mold that people get into and they become that as opposed to actually being individual so it's a different thing though to say like we need more individualism versus the state that we currently have right now is where there's hardly any people who are individuals. I'd agree with that. I think most people do end up fitting molds. And even though I would want there to be more people that would be able to not be affected by those molds, I also think it's important to have good role models for people to look up to. And my last question for Gino Samuel, which I think should be much easier to answer, is what role models do you look up to and which role models would you encourage people to look up to in your own humble Gino Samuel living in Japan from Lithuania opinion? Wow, you say it would be an easy an easy question to It answer. is an easy question. <laughs> I, I don't have role models. I, to my to my understanding, I don't think I have a a role model myself. I'm just well, I'm just living my own life. But where did you get the ability to well be the person you are as a family, friends, like how would you be how would you trace all that? Was it just from nowhere from making a lots of mistakes in my personal life and learning from my mistakes and realizing that I was a complete asshole in the in the past. Definitely. There we go. I, I think that is yeah, it. I find that hard to believe actually. Cuz you what? seem like a very <laughs> What do you well, that you were an on? asshole at one point because oh, oh, I think part. what you do requires a lot of empathy and it requires a lot of introspection in, mm. in terms of what you're doing. And I think that you fulfill certainly what every good documentarian should be, which is sort of like the compassionate eye that isn't going to totally um, compartmentalize information for like an agenda. I think that mm. you, you very much fit... I think the archetype of the documentary and the way it was, not the way it is now, which I mean, mm -hmm. documentary making is a fucking cesspit nowadays, in my opinion. But like, mm. you, so to say that, to hear that you thought of yourself as someone who was, you know, not that is quite in, very interesting. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, the last uh, question that I would have is what would you personally wish upon? Chris Chan, what do you think is the best case scenario to get out of the situation that uh, Chris is in right now? And also, I would want that question mm. for Rose and Billy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's best for Chris 
um, to get some sort of group home arrangement going. Uh, I don't think Chris should get in contact with Barb anymore. Um, mm. There's some there's some rumors going about that maybe the house has been cleared out basically, and then that Barb is living with extended family at the moment. So I don't think Chris is going to go back home. Um, whether 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 Chris is released, I really don't know. I mean, if they are, I think it's is is best if if she is kept away from the internet. At least I think is better for her. I think it's better. Hopefully, most hopefully people won't know too much about what is going on with her personal life if she if she ever gets out like i i wish that people would contact her a lot less um i think um, unfortunately it's best for chris to continue to um make herself a bit more anonymous a bit more aloof from from this point onwards i mean she had opportunity she almost had it you know no was no was um Null, Null created this like Kickstarter, and um, for Chris to travel to a BronyCon convention, and um, Chris was gonna go, and Chris was apparently gonna meet this this person who was apparently really attracted to her, and wanted to oh, man. Oh. get with it. Chris was so close to like being this this sort of almost like cult symbol. I mean, people have already been. Um, Dressing up as Sonichu and going and going to conventions as Sonichu or as Chris Chan, for example, wearing wearing these Sonichu medallions, uh, Chris could have gotten this sort of infamy if just didn't do that thing. Mm. Now it's yeah. ruined. Yeah, yeah, mm. he could have been like that old Japanese German professor in the, I believe Akira Kurosawa's final film, Madadayo, which some people aren't big fans of, but I highly recommend you check it out where this professor, his students, they ended up having kids, and those kids ended up having kids, and every year they just had this festival in honor of their uh, professor that they respected so much. So there could have been, and who knows, maybe there may be in the future just some kind of a community around Chris Chan that would just be supporting and making sure that Chris Chan doesn't get into any trouble. And I'm not talking like internet people, but just like some people who would kind of, you know, hold hold chris chan closed in their life but uh, anyway the final thing uh, from uh, reddit so this was something that billy pratt posted to me uh this was a request from reddit you can accept it or not accept it uh is to say uh want woman as read in capital letters fine <laughs> want woman <laughs> yes i do love that uh that voice yeah. the genuflection you do whenever you uh, read out the capitals that is yeah. beautiful as well Thanks. as the music i just i forgot to say the music that you put in the documentary especially towards the very end of every episode where it just starts getting all dramatic and it's just mm. mwah, it's very it's very it's, it's really is the signature of it all that yeah, the mm. theme song yes yeah. There, oh, but before we go off, there's this uh, comment from Museum Privilege, CWC to CCRU pipeline. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end myself right now. I'm like reading yeah. that. No, That's okay. terrible. Oh, okay, um, sorry, so sunset. Corey, Ethan, Ralph, sunset, myself. All right, um, and also a uh, super chat. Yeah. We have just a little bit of super chats here. Oh, and by the way, sneed those super chats. I'm reading the super chats right now. If you want one more yeah. super chat. To squeeze in there, sneed one out. So here we go. It is from Massive McGee. Uh, what about the CWCville Tulpa question? Good stream. I mean, I think we covered that already. Gino, I, I, from what I get, 
I'm not sure if you are more of a spiritual person, probably not. Uh, that's not really an interest of yours as far as what exactly is out there as mm. far as whatever, you know, tulpas, anything of that yeah, nature. Yeah. yeah. I'm more so, of a materialist, yeah. Yeah, so we're not really going to get uh, much with the tulpas. Who knows what's out there? It's all a, it's all an interesting journey. Anyway, those are all the super chats. Unless I get one more, and while I would see if the super chats are coming in, I also wanted to say Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules. If you guys enjoyed this stream, and if you want more of these high quality streams with high quality guests like Gina Samuel, Rose of Dawn, Bad Billy Pratt, uh, Giovanni Penichetti, and uh, Lev Polyakov at Lev Poe on Twitter, by the way, follow me on Twitter. What you have to do is become a patron. There's going to be Patreon only episodes coming on uh, very soon. You are not going to want to miss them. We're going to be talking about health, farming, all kinds of ways that you can make sure that you're not going to be affected by whatever changes are occurring to a great extent, as well as very interesting guests who are more of a niche nature. Those are going to be discussed on Patreon. When you become a uh, $5 patron, that's what you're going to get. When you become a, uh, a $20 patron, you are going to get a very beautiful magnet. So, uh, Gino, I don't know if you know this, but my father, Alexander, he does these very beautiful magnets, which you can see oh on my. the street, uh, screen over here. They are made of high-quality wood. They mm. come in all kinds of designs, and you guys are going to get a random magnet if you become a $20 patron. If you become a $30 patron, you are going to get a very beautiful print from uh, Gio Panichetti. Here is a uh, short video showing off the uh, print i think you can uh, yeah you could see it in action right here or at least the chat can see it in action oh, oh. here i can click on this and you can see it in action too there you go yes this i have a high higher quality chat superimposed <laughs> on a lower quality one but this way you can see what's uh, what's going on here and uh, lastly, when you become a $50 patron, you are going to get a custom magnet, whatever design you want, or you can get, if you're a fan of Sticks, Hex and Hammer 666, who recently became a father. Congratulations, yeah. Sticks. Congratulations. Baby girl, baby girl. So uh, you can have a beautiful Sticks uh, dragon like the one you see on the, uh, on the screen over here. Or, uh, or a custom magnet, and in addition to that, Warhammer 40k figures from Jules P. Hamilton, in addition to that, another a painting from uh, Giovanni Panichetti in the Bob Ross style, and in addition to that, you are going to have our undying love and affection from everybody here who contributes on BTR. Oh, a poster print of any... Oh, yeah. yes. Well, yes. Oh, and another thing I want to say about Patreon. This is important. I don't say this before because I did not factor this in, but I'm going to factor it in right now. I want to make sure people don't just become a patron for like uh, a day or a week and then expect to get the print. It has to be at least around like a half year of the 2030 50 patronage for that particular thing just because these things they do take a lot and again really appreciate the patronage but there has to be a certain amount of time here because there was an incident recently where something like that happened so i want to make sure that uh everybody is in the know about that so there's not going to be any surprises so anyway patreon.com slash break the rules become a patron today you're going to get all these things l plus the undying love of the entire btr community speaking of which become a member of the btr discord here is the link to a discord 
join it right now, you are not going to be unimpressed. You are going to be very impressed at the level of big brain discourse going on there. And lastly, the stream that is going to be happening this Friday is going to be about U.S. hegemony. Is U.S. hegemony a force for good? So it's going to be a very interesting stream. Or is it's, it the great Satan? Or is it the great Satan? And that's going to be with uh, counterpoints uh, versus uh, that character that was played by uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Dr. Ben Braddock. And by the way, if you look at that thumbnail very closely, I think you're going to see something I put into the doctor's face since he's he doesn't have a face like that Oni that Gino uh, did a video about. Mm -hmm. But if you look real careful at that, I think you're going to see something. I wonder if I should actually show it off. Gio, do you want me to show it off in the... Uh, in, in, in the screen so that people see uh, what it is? Yeah, I was asking Os Oscar's question. Yes, Jackson Pollock was a shaman. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Uh, then. Uh... Yes, and then and then we are going to uh, end this. So here we go. I am upping the contrast. Oh, but also Rose and Billy, uh, if you want to show. Yes. Rose, what oh, is yeah, upcoming? Yeah. Uh, Billy was recently also on Orin McIntyre's stream. I actually watched oh, that. Nice. one of the better Orin streams. Uh... Oh, thank mm -hmm. you. And Oh, yeah, and Golden by Billy's book. Yes. Welcome I'm, to hell. <laughs> welcome to hell. Welcome to hell by Bad Billy Pratt, available on Amazon.com. If you want to read about the darkness of modern dating or um, heartbreak, if you want to laugh, I think it's kind of funny too. If you want um, to cry, about pop culture and music. So it has a little bit of everything, kind of like Delicious Tacos meets Chuck Cloisterman. So check out Welcome to Hell on Amazon. Nice, and you could also uh, follow Billy Pratt online at Killed Party. So here is the uh, here is the Twitter. Uh, is there anything else here we have? Well, we have KillThePartyCom. Where does that go? KillThePartyCom is the blog. Um, at Killed Party is is the Twitter. So check it out. Excellent. And, of course, the lovely Rose of Dawn, thank you so much for uh, joining the uh, stream again. And uh, where could people find you? So I have a YouTube channel called Rose of Dawn. Um, if you're interested in some Chris Chan content um, that's been made by me, I did a video a couple of years ago um, as part of a series that I do called Pillars of the Community, where I discuss kind of controversial um, transgender activists. Um, one of the but that's and that series was um, entirely uh, inspired by by Gino's own Chris Chan uh, series. So um, so yeah, so I uh, can give that a try. Uh, I've got a new video coming out on my channel tomorrow. I've had a bit of a break um, for a while because I've been kind of dealing with various things, and sometimes burnout is hard. Burnout is really hard to get over. So like mm. you know, don't underestimate it. Um, it's it's not fun. Um, but tomorrow I've got a new video coming out and then afterwards I'll be streaming on Twitch where I'll be playing a game called Seal World. Hmm. Um, so people who follow me on Twitter or have watched like my live stream series Seal of Approval know that I absolutely love seals. And a game has come out on Twitch called Seal World. And so I'm going to be speed running that. I'm going to try and go for the world record. And, um, and yeah, so, so come, come hang out tomorrow. Nice. And uh, you were also, uh, here we go, you also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Rose of Dawn. Yep. So people can contribute to the Patreon. And Billy Pratt, do you have a Patreon? I do not yet have a Patreon. All right. So, so go then, to my YouTube channel, yes. Turner Productions. 
I'm going to release a promo video for a, um, a live stream I did where we talk about uh, me and my buddy, Sam, uh, Will, Will Sampson, and he has a podcast where we talk about Francis Bacon uh, through Deleuze. And, yeah. And Francis Bacon's becoming kind of popular because of uh, the YouTuber Blind Dweller. He did a three-part mm -hmm. series on the painter. So, yeah, nice. it's a bunch of theory cell stuff. And uh, also, uh, really? before uh, before the uh, final shilling of uh, Gino Samuel, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash levpoe. Check out my artwork. I'm working right now on a uh, crypto NFT art series that's going to be coming out, and one in particular that I recently made from the uh, Muscle series on Super Rare is this guy over here whose oh, name God. is uh, <laughs> Truster. So, Gino, watch watch Truster go. Let's see. I'm going to turn it on. Here we go. What, what do you terrible. think of that? No. Wait, did it play? Yeah. Oh, oh, you're not seeing it here. See it. Here, here we go. Okay. Now, now you're going to see it. I keep getting confused about the screens. Do you see it? I see it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I wish I, I could. I don't even want to know what that. Here, is. you seriously have the best deadpan delivery. Like, just your <laughs> delivery in your series cracks me up. Thanks. It is amazing. And uh, where could the good people uh, follow uh, follow you, Gino? I'm doing a lot of things. I got a, I got my fingers in lots of pies at the moment. Uh, please go to my YouTube channel, Gino Samuel, if you're interested in checking out some music that I make. Music is the is the main thing that I hope to do. Uh, I do lots of different styles like prog rock and electronic stuff, synth pop, stuff like that. Very much 80s influenced. Uh, and I got some new projects coming up very, very soon. Please check it out. Uh, next, if you're into the Christian stuff, please go to Gino Samuel 2.1 on YouTube. The next episode, part 62, is out in about 10 days. So look out for that. Nice. Upon and after that, please check out Gino Samuel 3 for documentaries that are not about Chris Chan. I got some yokai stuff like Monsters of Japan, and I hope to do some other, other subjects as well in the future, including one very, very detailed documentary about the Terra Nova expedition to Antarctica. Mm. Um, it's going to be like four or five hours long. It's, uh, it's uh, really my passion project at the moment. So uh, I hope to get it out as soon as possible, maybe in a couple of months. So please, please check subscribe. it out and also you have a patreon as well i do yes patreon.com slash gino samuel if you're interested in supporting me there we are so gino it's been a great pleasure thank you so much for being here speaking with us about your work about christian about your music about japan this has been a amazing conversation i couldn't ask for a better stream and everybody We're talking about this for a few months now yeah. yes and everybody yeah, yeah. Please, please make sure you uh set a reminder don't close this stream just yet set a reminder to the stream that's happening that you'll see right after this one it's going to be happening this friday very late it's going to be happening at 9 30 p.m eastern so uh get ready for that that is coming and here is the link for it and with that being said thank you very much for watching have a great